Brito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 80 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly, and we're going to spend a half an hour talking about Jerry Rice. What's your favorite Jerry Rice moment, Andy? Oh, Jerry Rice. You know, I'm one of the few people in the Bay Area that does not have fond memories of Jerry Rice because I was strangely a Minnesota Vikings fan during the Rice era. And and he and John Taylor and Steve Young, I mean, they just picked him apart in the playoffs every year. It seemed like you just could not stop. Jerry Rice, you literally could only hope to contain him. I think that phrase was made for him. Hold on. You grew up a Cubs fan, and you grew up a Vikings fan? At, yeah, Please yeah. tell me you were a Bulls fan. No, I, I wasn't really. I, I just root for hopeless cases. Uh, Northwestern football will win a national championship any <laughs> any decade now. But yeah, no, it's one of my earliest sports memories. My brother had a poster on the wall with all of the NFL football helmets, and I pointed to the purple one with the horn on it that looked badass, and I'm like, that's my team. And he said, well, you can't root for them. They're in the same division as the Bears. And I'd already grown into my full stubbornness by three years old, so <laughs> so I went my own way. And, and yes, I had Vikings footy pajamas under the Christmas tree that next Christmas, and, and I was hooked from there. Tommy Kramer and Ahmad Rashad and Chuck Workman. Uh, yeah, I, I loved all those old school Vikings. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I kind of wish I rooted for them in the 80s instead of the Niners. Anyways, okay, we'll move on. And actually, you know, I didn't root for the Niners in the 80s. I was a Marcus Allen guy, so I was Raiders, but at least that was fun. It just the Vikings, that just seems like, I guess they're analogous to like the Dodgers now. Maybe not as good as the Dodgers, but always just couldn't get over the hump. I think they, they lost all four Super Bowls. They've been in, right, to four different teams, too. So, yeah, a little bit of heartbreak. A little Texas Rangers in there, a little Buffalo Bills. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to talk about not football because there's baseball news. There's actual, literal baseball news. The season is, and I'm kind of winking, and it's starting, you know, in a month, uh, ostensibly. Baseball is back for all intents and purposes, and we get to talk about it. We get to talk about roster machinations and spring training in summer, and I'm on the Fangraphs roster resource depth chart, and it has the projected 30-man roster, which is pretty exciting. So where do you even want to start? Like, what are, what's your reaction to all this? We have an actual schedule. At least we, we know what the number of games will be that's been imposed by the league. And we know some of the conditions they're going to play under. And it is a hoot to go through this uh, 110-page uh, document and find things like wet rags. Did you know that wet rags is going to be part of baseball in 2020? Bet you didn't know. Pitchers can't go to their mouth, so they're going to have a wet rag. And and there's just all kinds of little things in there. It's like, okay, I guess this is going to work this way. And you realize how weird it's going to be. I want to see, and I want to get Dusty Baker's take on this. Now that you can't high five, what's going to replace it? How about like the Shooter McGavin little guns or something like that? Um, right. It's going to be something that'll replace it. Uh, but there's a whole bunch uh, in the health and safety protocols and a whole bunch of different ways that baseball is going to be different. You know, ultimately, will this whole thing even get off the ground? Will there be a lot of states that have huge upticks in cases and they won't be able to play there? I mean, who knows? We, we don't know that. But we do know 
what they intend to do at this point. And um, yeah, for the Giants, starting on Friday, when they can you know, have a transactions freeze uh, let up and they can submit their pool of, of 60 players, they've got decisions to make all of a sudden. It is fascinating, and it's always I'm a I'm a dork, so I'm I'm always fascinated by who's gonna make it out of camp, and I spend all this time every every year like who's gonna be the fifth starter. Like I I have a goldfish memory, and I forget that by May it's gonna be all different. You know, like I'm like caring about Gerardo Parra, like oh I'm I'm thinking about him all the oh you know Connor Joe, and that's that's not the team you're gonna get used to. There's gonna be changes and tweaks, but. This season is a little bit different insofar as like, oh, there's not enough time for tweaks. Like this is probably as close to the team that when you break camp with this team, that's going to be the team you remember for 2020. And that's something that is, it makes it just a little bit different for me. Yeah. And, you know, to go over how this is going to work, it'll be a 30 man roster to start the season. After two weeks, it'll go down to 28 men. And then after another two weeks, it'll go down to 26, which is what they had agreed to. It was going to be expanded from 25 to 26 this year anyway. If you have a scheduled doubleheader, then you can add a 27th man once rosters have gone down to 26, not before. Now, there are going to be 30 other players to start the year that are going to be also in your player pool and they're going to train at an alternate site, which the Giants are trying to decide between Sacramento and San Jose. And I guess they've got pluses and minuses to both of those right now. One has better facilities. One is a little bit closer. Uh, one is in a little more of a coronavirus hotspot right now. So I think that they're trying to figure out what's the best thing to do. But in addition to that, you're able to have as many as three people taxi squad that can travel on road trips with the team and that's so you can get somebody in as a replacement quickly if you need to put someone on the DL or whatever. The one thing that's important to note is all of the 40-man issues, all of the different things you have to do to put someone or take someone off the 40-man, that all still applies. So you can have three taxi squad guys, including a backup catcher, who are chilling at the hotel in Denver. And if you need to call one of them up and they're not on the 40-man, you're going to have to DFA somebody else or you're going to have to take someone off of the active roster. It's not like, you know, healthy scratches and you can have more people on the roster than, than you need. Um, so they're still going to have limitations. And we think about all these guys who, hey, there's Billy Hamilton. He's going to be a great designated runner and in, in, if they get to that extra innings and they have a person at second base. Hey, they, there's Tyler Heineman and Rob Brantley, the two backup catchers. You know, all those guys have to be added to the 40-man. So, you know, the Giants still have to be judicious. They have an expanded active roster uh, and they have the, this player pool of guys who are on the 40-man who won't be on the active roster plus people in their system, but they still are going to have to be really strategic about how they deal with 40-man issues. Now, with that taxi squad, how fluid is the actual squad? Can that change from day to day? So one day you've got three catchers, one day you have three pitchers based on your needs. I mean, is that something you can play with day to day? As I understand it, yes. But one thing is they're not going to make major league money. They're going to make major league meal money, which is like 108 bucks a day on the road, but they're just going to make their minor league split of their contract. They're not going to be paid a whole lot. You're actually asking a lot of those players. You're asking them to travel. You're asking them to take on, obviously, a lot of risk, and they're not being paid big league salaries. So there's just a whole lot of things in here where you sort of look at it a little askance and say, oh, that's not quite right. Those guys should probably be making major league money, even if they're not, you know, on the active roster, but, you know, that's that's above my pay grade. 
I, for one, cannot believe that Major League Baseball would, you know, give these people the short straw um, when they have such a history of, of being so accommodating to young players and players on the fringes of the roster. So I guess, what is it ghoulish to just sort of look at the 40-man roster and start pointing at people and going like, Okay, Jose Siri, you better, you know, you better impress in camp. I mean, is it is it sort of like, is there a, a sort of Damocles hanging over a lot of these spots then? I think Jose Siri actually will lose his roster spot because Gabe Kapler will get tired every time he mentions his name for his iPhone to start talking to him. Sorry, that was low-hanging fruit there. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I think that you're going to see a number of people who are on the 40-man now probably be shuffled off because they're going to have to move things around. And, you know, we think of this as every decision they make from a roster standpoint is probably more geared toward two years from now than it was geared to the here and now. But maybe that changes a little bit. If, if you think you've got a chance to to go for it and enter the fray and and maybe contend and do something exciting this year, you know, maybe those marginal moves, those incremental type moves, you'll see a few less of them and you'll see more high impact guys who can affect the here and now be kept on the roster instead. There's just going to be a lot of strategic changes and changes in how I think they're going to think about roster decisions based on the circumstances that are going to confront every team. And that's something I wrote about yesterday because it's it's easy to to think of baseball players as widgets, and I know I'm guilty of it, and, and we all are because you know we're we're writers or we're fans, and and we're just looking at this like, well, you know, we need a left-handed specialist, or they need uh, this, and and you're just sort of like plugging pieces in, but they're people, and they're people in the middle of a pandemic, they're people, you know, who might be just as scared as 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 I am about all this, or they might be more scared, they might be high risk, and so when you're talking about, well, we'll just wave this guy and get someone new. The ethical cost to doing that might be prohibitive. If you're talking about just 60 games, like what is the difference between, just to pull a name out of a hat, Joe McCarthy and the equivalent of someone you'd replace Joe McCarthy with on the 40-man roster? Like over 60 games, what's the difference? What is the value added to that? And I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because it's still your job. It's still, uh, you know, you're still trying to compete and, and win. And so you have to make those tough decisions. But gosh, that just feels different this year. Yeah. And you're going to have people who are, you know, doing their best to self-isolate. And I think that players have shown you know, quite a bit of solidarity and they're going to hopefully police themselves to make sure nobody goes to a bar and, you know, all of a sudden, boom, you got a, a coronavirus situation that becomes an outbreak with the team. But, you know, for the most part, I think the players that would come back and forth from the alternate site to, you know, join a big league roster, they're kind of probably going to be mostly quarantining themselves. Where I think you might run into an ethical dilemma is if you get waiver claim happy and you start bringing in people and you don't know where they've been quite literally, and you're introducing them to your sort of quasi bubble, there is more of a cost associated with that. And there's more of an ethical issue associated with that. And the Giants used 64 players last year. That was the most in National League history. I, for one, don't know if it would be responsible for them to operate that way this year. All right, so let's go through some of the NRIs, and we will see, because what, do you know off the top of your head what the current 40-man roster is at? You know, it's a good question. I can do some investigation. I want to say that they were 39 or 40. They were pretty close. But I, I can you know, on Roster out. Resource, it says 40, so I, yeah, I can I buy that. I think they are. So the NRIs, uh, I'll just go, let's just do a little run-through, and you say good chance, great chance, no chance, that sort of thing. Billy Hamilton. Oh, I think good chance, because uh, if anything, the weirdness has kind of enhanced 
his ability to make the team and his base running could be a little bit more of a useful skill. Plus, honestly, the rest of their center fielders look terrible in the spring. And he's the one guy who can catch the ball at a plus level. I agree. I, I just think that he was probably going to make it uh, in the normal times. Uh, I think now, you know, if you've got a runner at second base, hope everyone likes bunts. I really hope everyone's just just a big fan of bunting a runner over to third with nobody out because you're going to see a lot of that with this silly rule but billy hamill i think makes it rob brantley i mean i I think he's pretty much a given at this point right well i think they're gonna carry either brantley or heineman they could always go out and get somebody and they were sort of putting out that vibe a little bit like you know hey if we don't like what we have in, in camp we can always go out and get somebody else and I wouldn't rule out the Giants making some trades before the season starts if someone else has a log jam or picking up somebody else on waivers. But yeah, right now they've got Tyler Heineman as a switch hitter. I think Rob Brantley was having a better camp and he's a left-handed hitter. I would say give the edge to Brantley right now. But if you have the extra spaces, I, I got to think they'd want to carry three catchers. Yes, um, that's what's going. So, you know, it could be both of them, but that's two 40-man spaces you'd have to clear up to get both of them on. And so that, that's sort of indicative of the, the dilemmas that they're going to be facing. They don't have another catcher. Other, Let's see, they've got Posey on the 40-man roster. Uh, Aramis Garcia is is on the, the DL, of course. He's gone for the season, right? He's not one of those guys who could have like popped back up in, in August, correct? So there's a chance he could play in September, from what I understand. But yeah, I mean, the hip leap from surgery he had in the spring was uh, was was pretty significant. So he's definitely not an option for the here and now. So I would think that they have to carry three catchers if you have a 30 man roster. I don't know. I, I go back and forth because just because you have extra spots doesn't mean you have to radically reinvent the game. I don't know if you're playing what 60 games in 66 days, if, is, if that's what I'm hearing. I don't know. It might make sense. And then you could pinch hit Posey on the days he's resting and, and not have to put him in the game immediately. I think three catchers just makes a lot of sense. But again, it, it's the 40 man roster crunch. And, you know, we've made the argument for Joey Bart. It makes all the sense in the world. If you have to add a guy to the 40-man anyway, you might as well add Joey Bart. He can't play AAA games. He can't develop. This would give him a chance to, you know, at least play a little bit or possibly DH when Posey's catching or or you could have Posey DH when Bart is catching. They have a lot of other DH possibilities, though. They've got Pence. They've got uh, Wilmer Flores. They've got Pablo Sandoval. They've got Darren Ruff. There's a lot of different options they could put at that DH spot, especially right-handed. And, you know, you would be starting Joey Bart's uh, service time clock, which I hate that teams do that, but, I mean, they do. You understand why they do it. But he's, he's 24 years old. If they think he's not ready to face big league pitching, that's the only reason not to carry him on the roster, in my opinion. Let's pause for a second to tell you about Dugout Mugs, a company that started in a college dugout. Licensed by Major League Baseball, it's your favorite team, laser engraved onto a birch wood baseball bat barrel mug. Perfect for the big game, to put on display, or to be the life of the party. A unique gift for a baseball fan. Go to dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and use promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and code MLB30. Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. Let's talk about hydrant. You want to kick the coffee habit, but you're worried about your energy levels. 
To avoid the morning sluggishness and that midday slump, you need to make sure you're hydrated. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you... Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. There are no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code ATHLETIC for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code ATHLETIC. And now back to the podcast. This one, you know, I, I knew it off the top of my head, but at the same time I see it and it's just sort of, oh, that's right. Pablo Sandoval, he's an NRI, you know, technically, and he's going to be on the team, right? It's hard to imagine the Giants saying, you know, so long. I think so. I think Pablo's on the team. I mean, there's your third catcher. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? He, he said he'd be willing to do it, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. it. You know, work out better than Pedro Feliz catching, I guess. But, you know, the other thing is they're going to really want to mix and match and platoon as much as they can. And you're going to have starters who are not going to be ready to pitch full games. And I think you're going to see a lot of teams go tandem. And a lot of teams go left-right with like three-inning pitchers. And if you can flip your whole lineup around in the middle of a game, that's going to be to your advantage. And you know, Pablo gives them a left-handed hitting alternative at, at third base to to plug in with uh, with Longoria. So I think that he's absolutely a fit on the roster, provided that uh, he's healthy. All right, we're going to get to some tougher ones now. Uh, Trevor Cahill. Yeah, I think he was on the team. I think Cahill and I think Andrew Triggs were on the team as of March 12th or whenever the heck we all just scattered to the wind. The five-man rotation is out the window. There's going to be very few pitchers in baseball, maybe a dozen of them that I think they're going to be allowed to throw past the seventh inning. Probably most pitchers are only going to go five innings. And you know what? It could be wacky. Jeff Fletcher of the um, LA News Group, who covers the Angels, mentioned this. You could have a relief pitcher lead the league in wins. You really could. And I think that Cahill is, fits perfectly with the three batter rule, with you know not having as many specialists in your bullpen because of that. I totally see Cahill being a perfect swingman sort of tandem piece, and so I think he's on the team. Yeah, I agree. I just he, he looks pretty darn good in, in spring, and and he's sort of the template of what you're going to want somewhere in your bullpen. Two or three of these guys, guys who can give you one inning, two innings, three innings. Hey, you're starting. You know, let let go get them. I think that that's entirely accurate. So uh, Triggs is a little bit of a surprise to me just because I don't know him as well as I do other pitchers. Like I, I know Cahill. I'm very familiar with his repertoire. But talk about Triggs a little bit. Like what is what does he offer? Why would he be making the team? He's six foot four and two hundred and thirty-three pounds. So you tell him he's not making the team, Grant. You tell him. <laughs> uh, I, I bite. You know what I mean? I, I bite. I know that the metrics were good in terms of the spin rate. I think that he was impressive with uh, his stuff. He's somebody who has had a good strikeout rate in his career, and I think they're looking at at what he's done against right-handed hitters, especially. But mostly, he was just having a really good spring, and I think that. Uh, he was putting himself in a good spot to make the team. He's a relief pitcher who can start, 
He has started in the past, and I think that multiple inning relievers, you know, who can find the strike zone quickly and have the stuff to get lefties and righties out are going to be more valuable than ever. Darren Ruff, I think from all indications, he might be the the DH or one of the DH options and that they're very enamored of the idea that they will have a DH spot for him. Yeah, and I think that they've mentioned him twice. Farhan Zaidi and, and Gabe Kapler have both mentioned Darren Ruff and how he's an interesting story because I'd heard that he had an offer to go back to Korea where he just, you know, crushed for the previous three years. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything shuts down, but then Korea is getting restarted. And I think that he had an offer to go back to Korea, but he couldn't get out of his Giants contract. And as I understand it, because of the transaction freeze, the Giants were even willing to let him go and pursue this opportunity uh, just because it was the right thing for them to do. And they couldn't. They tried to figure out a way that they could maybe lend him to the whatever Korean team was interested in him. And they couldn't do it because of the transaction freeze. So he was really left in, in limbo, as I mean, as we all were. But he especially was because he had an opportunity to go back to Korea and he couldn't take it. So it would kind of suck if he doesn't make the team at this point. But, you know, yeah, I think uh, another right-handed bat. You got to keep him around because even if you're like, well, we have Hunter Pence to have that role, you know, you also have to acknowledge that there's some injury risk with Hunter Pence. So he didn't end last season healthy. He's obviously had health challenges over the years. So I, I think that it makes a lot of sense to keep Darren Ruff and and, and we're probably going to see him at some point. And, and the guy right below him, on, I'm looking at the 40 man um, or the uh, non-roster invitees right here, Yolmer Sanchez, I think was on track to be the opening day second baseman. And that's another guy you have to get on the roster. So count him up. How many do we have here? That's the point I'm getting to. And I've got one more name real quick. Just Nick Vincent. I thought he looked pretty good and, and had a chance, especially the way he finished last year. Yeah, I agree. And, and there's a reason he's back. There's a reason he's in camp. What we kind of forget about is when he came back after being a little bit nicked up with the Giants, and that's how he got shuffled off the roster. When he resurfaced, he resurfaced with the Phillies and he pitched for, for Gabe Kapler and he pitched very, very well. So I think that there is some favoritism toward him based on what he did as a giant and also what he did for Kapler as a Philly. So he's not easily dismissed for sure. All right. So I'm counting my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have talked about nine players who have very strong chances of making the team who would need to be added to the 40 man roster. That is, I'll, I'll give you one spot, Tyler Beatty. You can move him to the 60 day DL. But that's a mess. That's a mess. Yeah, it is. And we haven't even mentioned Tyson Ross. I mean, uh, he wasn't throwing a lot in the spring, but maybe he'll be ready to open some eyes. He's another guy who could be a Cahill type. Rico Garcia was throwing really well in the spring. Luis Madero was throwing well in the spring. So yeah, they, they've got a, a number of, of interesting choices to make. I think the point is that you're going to have to say goodbye to some players you're pretty darn used to. And I'm looking at... Like, it's always just so ghoulish to point out and, and say, well, you know, so long. But you look at Derek Rodriguez. He falls into that Cahill category where you he's a guy who can give you multiple innings. Maybe you want him in a short relief. But he doesn't have that velocity. He doesn't have that strikeout rate that, you know, the new regime or I guess the, the current regime uh, is enamored of. I think if I'm looking at players who are on the bubble, that would be one. Anderson and Franco, uh, they're just guys I look at and I, uh, I'm not so sure about. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they actually like Anderson Franco a lot. I think that he wouldn't be sort of one of the first to go. Derek Rodriguez, it's this is a very tough conversation to have, but you're exactly right. I think that um, the metrics don't love him. The analytics don't love him. He did get some good praise, some good uh, commentary from Gabe Kapler for having inching up his velocity a little bit in spring training. Will that be enough? I don't know. I do know that, you know, what he did as a rookie was a great story, but it's not going to buy him anything now. He's somebody who had to go up and down quite a bit last year, and it frustrated him as I think it would frustrate anyone. But yeah, you're right. He's probably one of those people who's not dangling there, you know, begging to be the first one to go, but it would not shock me if, if he is one of the people who they end up having to ship out to, to make room. It's wild. And all right, so just a a quick pause to explain something real quick. I talk about the Giants for a living, technically, and I'm an idiot when it comes to pronunciation. So not only did I mess up Anderson Franco, even though he's, he's been on the Giants, I've seen him pitch. I just, I'm an idiot with this. And here's how much of an idiot. I was going to ask a question about one of the two catchers on the 40 man roster. And I'm still not sure right now. Is it Aramis Garcia? Aramis? He says Aramis. Okay. I'm just an idiot about this. And please know this about me. And it's uh, (laughs) Aramis. Okay. Aramis Garcia. Okay. So he is the only other catcher on the 40-man roster. Am I correct in assuming that there is a 60-day DL? Is there even a 60-day DL in a 60-game season? Is it retroactive? Like, help fill me in on that part. I think the DL rules are the same. Now, the one thing that's different is they were going to make a tweak this year in that to keep teams from, I don't know, like teams run by Farhan Saidi, from, uh, uh, you know, bringing pitchers up and down and putting them on the DL, you know, for tiny little whims and, and essentially using it to, you know, shuffle up your arms. They were going to take the DL for pitchers and expand it back to 15 days from 10. So for position players, it was going to be a 10-day DL still. For pitchers, it was going to be 15. They've gotten rid of that, so now it's back to a 10-day DL for hitters and pitchers. If you test positive for COVID-19, you are on a different DL, and that one I think is more extended. I'm not exactly sure how long it can be extended, but that is a different list, and I and I do believe that you can. It has some different rules attached to it. I, I wish I had the document in front of me right now. But in terms of the DL, the 60-day, and, and, and you can use the 60-day DL to essentially free up a 40-man spot, that is still in play as well. So you, you mentioned Tyler Beatty. That's that's a sort of a free space on the board they can take. Got it. Okay. You know, we're talking about the, the roster machinations, and, and it's it's fun to talk about actual baseball stuff and, and the logistics of it. And, and there's also that very strong voice in the back of my head, like, are we serious about this? Like, you know, I don't want to be the wet blanket. I don't want to be the, the, the bucket of ice water. But it just seems so like we know that a month from now is basically a year in in normie time. Like a month is just it's almost incomprehensible, the things that can change in a month. I mean, what, so from here it's they're going to do a spring training quote unquote and that's ostensibly going to be at Oracle Park correct yes correct and by the way uh you'll be much more useful if you're not a wet blanket but a wet rag you'll be much more useful that way. <laughs> i um, just I, w- I wish i had artistic skills cuz i would i would like draw <laughs> some sort of cartoon of of like a sopping wet dave Rigetti at the mound with like <laughs> just samarja licking him or something i don't know like it's in my head at least yes what what were we talking about uh <laughs> 
Oh, spring training. Yes. <laughs> Not non-spring spring training. That's what we were talking about. Summer um, training. Summer training. I'm just going to go with training camp. How about that? Let's just de- decouple it from the seasons since regular spring training is in winter anyway. Yeah, let, let's go ahead with training camp. It'll be at Oracle Park. I'm told it'll be staggered out throughout the day so that not everyone is is working out at the same time. They have repurposed a lot of areas of the stadium, which they normally can't use because there's like 800 million fans. So they've got, you know, like, for example, the area where the players park their cars is sort of a big garage that's right past the, the giant Coke bottle. And they've repurposed that area into a whole bunch more hitting cages and and sort of uh, uh, turfed uh, areas. And they won't have just the standard batting cage uh, that they have behind the the dugout for players to use. They'll have additional hitting facilities and they can space people out that way. So, you know, it won't just be they have one field to use and that's, you know, all they have at their disposal. They're going to create some other areas within the park, within the concourses where they can have people get in some of their work and how they're going to create actual game-like conditions. Is it going to be all intra-squads? Are they going to be able to play like a whole bunch of sort of exhibitions that no one will see uh, against the A's? Um, I think that's all still kind of to be determined, and it's going to be different for every team based on their local policies for how bad the virus is, I guess. But yeah, they're, they're planning ways that they can kind of use their facility to the best of their ability while while remaining safely distanced. What is their plan for the drunk bros who mill about during these practices and games? Will they have one designated drunk bro who just kind of hangs out in center field? Yes, it's Billy. Uh, you remember Billy? <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet Billy. B- Billy uh, will be there. He's gonna, he'll be wearing his six hats perched on his head. Um, no, I, I hope Billy's okay. Uh, he's He would always be out there every game, and he would take the train down, and we'd see him at Dodger Stadium. We'd see him in San Diego, and hope he's hope he's doing okay and he's safe out there. But uh, yeah, I, I'd say they should let Billy in, and he can be the fa- he he can be all the fans. He will play the role. I'm for it. I hope you're all doing okay out there. And this has been episode 80, the Jerry Rice edition of the Bags and Brisby podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, Brian Smith producing us today. Quite a treat. And we will be back on... Oh, I forgot what day it was. Uh, Monday. Monday. Today's Thursday. Of course, I'll never forget that it's Thursday. Normal times. All right. We will see you. And thank you for listening.